1: he's bad he's beautiful he's crazy it's rich eisen
2: the best thing about us though is it's about us that is the new slogan for res consulting this is the rich eisen show is he come back player of the year Russ,
1: he's 34-1, Russell Wilson. Comeback Player of the Year? Yeah. See, people are even thinking it's
2: possible. The Rich Eisen Show.
1: Today's guests: Host of Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Actor, Omar J. Dorsey. Fox Sports Rules Analyst, Dean Blandino. Plus, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now it's Rich
2: Eisen. Ah, yes. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We're live on the Roku channel. This Rich Eisen Show, terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have us. And also Sirius XM, Odyssey, and more. We say hello to our podcast listeners later on because it's your God-given right to listen on demand as well as watch on demand with the Roku channel Rich Eisen Show collection page. We're also... On YouTube.com slash show, some select clips are placed there for your viewing pleasure. Same thing with our podcast as well, Overreaction Monday. Uh, already uh, less than 24 hours in, over 100,000 views. We won over 650,000 subscribers to our YouTube page overnight. We appreciate you for that. Later on today, that's where you can find the latest edition of What the Football with Susie Schuster and Amy Trask. Peter King will be the guest. The Hall of Famer PK will be on with uh, Amy and Susie right there. So be sure to be on the lookout for all of that. Three guests today on the program. We'll get to that a little bit uh, in a second. Good to see you, however, first, Chris Brockman. Rich, what's up, bro DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts. You've been running around a lot pre-show. Jeez. Everything good? You're yeah, good? Yeah, I'm
0: fine. I went in the back to make a little coffee. It's very good. Five oh, not great? Morning. Yeah.
2: <laughs> good to see you over there, TJ Jefferson. What's going on? Well, Rich, just like CM Punk, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. So let's do hey. this today. Hey! Right. I, uh, I do like that. Because <laughs> I'm assuming I'm getting a cut.
0: Well, I mean, okay, it's the Rich TJ Jefferson, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Godfather. Godfather.
2: Okay. <laughs> very good. Uh, 12 weeks in to the NFL campaign now uh with Monday night football uh in the books and uh, that's where I I care to leave that game uh but <laughs> um right. and 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 you now know who is in the mix who is not you also know who are the contenders as to use the Bill Parcells phrase you are what you are and after 12 weeks as Bill would always say this is where the season begins this is when the weather gets colder the stakes get higher the throats get tighter and the other orifices also begin to pucker, and it's time to win or go home. And that's what the NFL is all about. And in the same way, after 12 weeks, we also know what the league is. We also know what the trends are. We also know what to expect. And that's what today's show, I guess if there is a theme about it, that's what today's show is about because part of the uh, running narrative about the league writ large involves officiating and i think you ask most nfl fans they will tell you they think officiating is at a low point in terms of accuracy in terms of consistency in terms of understandability um and so in hour number three we've invited and he has accepted fox rules analyst former head of nfl refs dean blandino will be here that's caught it so we will talk to him about that Uh, Well, not not what you're saying, but we'll talk to him about what I was saying uh, when he joins us in hour number three. And the other, I think, um, aspect about this league that we can talk about is defense is performing a little bit better than one would think. That defense is ruling the day, and that's when offenses look mediocre, to use Tom Brady's phraseology. And later on in the show, when we delve a little bit deeper into the Monday Night Football game, we'll talk about that. Uh, But one other aspect, I think, about this NFL campaign that's becoming stark, certainly since it's in relation to the last couple of years, is coaching and how the intensity and pressure placed on these coaches is maybe at an all-time high and how these coaches are now viewed by ownership as commodities to swap out if the market is tanking. And it doesn't matter. I know the league at an owner's meeting, I think, last year, because Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk is going to join us to have this conversation in short order. He's first up. I do believe in an owner's meeting, the owners were shown just how much dead money they're paying out. Just how much dead money they're paying out to coaches that they fired and staffs that go out with the coaches that they fire. Just to say to them, hey, you know, you're wondering about bottom lines and how much revenue we're squeezing out of Thursday night football and maybe new partners and Sunday ticket and things of that nature. And, you know... Maybe the league office is like, you know, you're you're in our grill about this subject matter. Well, why don't you take a look at your own books? Oh. <laughs> and nobody in the NFL will be paying out more dead money unless there's some offsets at the University of Nebraska, which I doubt, or what Frank Reich's going to do next. Nobody's paying out more dead money right now than David Tepper. Ooh owner of the Carolina Panthers, who just 11 games into the new regime in Carolina of Frank Reich and the rest of his staff. And if you recall, we were all singing the praises of what staff Carolina had put together with Frank Reich and the young coordinators and people like Deuce Staley and Josh McCown and Jim Caldwell that he had there. And just 11 weeks in, it's like, get out to McCown and Deuce and Frank. And now Caldwell has a special assistance role. And Chris Tabor, the special teams coach, he is now the third interim head coach that David Tepper will be employing in his tenure as owner of the Panthers that began in 2018. He has as many... Interim head coaches as he does head coaches. And when he hires his next head coach, it will be a seventh. That's crazy. Since 2018, four full-time, three interims. And 10 different starting quarterbacks and just a revolving door that he feels Bryce Young is going to stop, one would imagine. And uh, I even said yesterday, good luck getting somebody who wants to uproot their family, come to Carolina and work for you if you're only going to give them 11 games. David Tepper had a press conference this morning in Carolina, and it, it broke up just about an hour ago. This is what he had to say about potentially having difficulty hiring the next guy because of all the guillotine swings that have happened in Carolina.
0: Every coach that we've had here has been, um, has had contributions to this organization. Uh, Frank has contributions to the organization, Matt has contributions to the organizations. Um, and you know, quite frankly, if I had my brothers, I'd like to have a coach here for 20 years. I do have patience, I'm just not, <laughs> my reputation away from this game is one for extreme patience. You know, there's no reason why that doesn't, you know, come here too, it does. Now that patience comes with good performance and things that you want to see progress be made on in different aspects. Um, And as, you know, as I said, you know, I would like to have somebody here for 20, 30 years. I'd like to have somebody (laughs) that would say eulogy at my funeral in 30 years. Okay. Maybe it's 40 years. I hope, but uh, that's what I'd like to have.
2: And it makes sense. I mean, he, he understands uh, how continuity in this position is paramount because he will, was a minority owner of the Steelers. And when he hires his next coach, he will have had more head coaches in his tenure as full-time owner of the Panthers since 2018 than the Steelers have had since the the beginning of the Nixon administration. (laughs) That's insane. Since 1969, my year of my birth. Wow. So that makes sense that he would want that. And I guess with him spending all this dead money and Frank Wright could spend the next three plus years, just ripping off all the dead presidents that he's going to be having of 30 million. I guess he's paying off. And Matt rule counting his money. I imagine whatever is offset or not in Nebraska, while he's, you know, sitting at home lamenting how Michigan had his plays Without really saying it, even though he intimates it every time it's brought up. Like how you work that in. Oh, please. I'm really, as you know, I, I am settling all family business whenever I can. But, you know, the aspect about the interview and the press conference that Tepper had today that makes no sense to me at all is the other aspect of what's going on in the NFL these days, which is the revolving door at quarterback that everybody wants to stop with a top five draft choice if they're unfortunate to be up there or, in their case, spending an insane amount of draft capital to get up in there. And if you choose the wrong one, look out. Because, again, there were 68 different starting quarterbacks in 2022. And through the first 12 weeks of this season, 52. And if the Jets wind up starting Trevor Simeon, you know, I mean, it's just going to keep on going on and on and on. And if the if the Browns start Flacco, that'd be 53. Cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's just going to keep going on and on. So you got to get this right. And so, of course, with Tepper speaking today, everybody bringing up the conversation that is everywhere that they did not all want Bryce Young and that some wanted C.J. Stroud. And Tepper said the following, that kind of makes no sense. You know, that essentially, I think this is what he's saying, you know, he would have agreed with any consensus because he's letting his people do their jobs while also taking responsibility of the fact that Bryce Young is 1-10 and C.J. Stroud is 6-5, and, and Stroud is 100% the Offensive Rookie of the Year right now. And nobody's going to beat him out for that. And Young looks so undeveloped and raw that the coach who apparently wanted him just got fired after 11 games. I think this is what he's saying because the the details of it make zero sense. Here was his answer to the question about what was the decision-making process between Young and Stroud... Back in the day?
0: No, it's been reported and we talked about it. Originally, we were going to go to the number two pick, and, and uh, we thought we'd get CJ because we thought the Texans were going to pick Bryce. And listen, we preferred Bryce. He was our number one pick. We had a lot of conviction. Um, but, uh, you know, the, in, in answer to your questions, it's just not the way the process was done. The process was done the way the process was done. And again, even though if there was a process with five people in the room, and for and the way the votes came in, it was Frank was the first choice. I always could veto that choice, and even if it was Bryce and the votes came in unanimously in this particular case, I could have vetoed that choice. In both cases, I supported both choices. Okay, I'm just going to say that I supported both choices. I supported the coaches. I supported the scouts. Their unanimous opinion, um, and I supported uh, Frank Rice. So, um, whatever's good, bad, or indifferent. Is ultimately because the buck stops here, and I take full responsibility for everything. But that's the way the process runs. And just one last thing, and then we're going to go here. As far as Bryce Young is concerned, I cannot say this, you know, for myself, and I think everybody in this building would share this sentiment. We are totally confident in that pick. Okay, I think the people that made that pick first, um, you know, would be totally confident in that. Um, you know, some of them you could ask. Okay. Um, and I think the, um, and and for me, I'm totally confident in agreeing with that pick.
2: So here's the thing I don't understand. A lot of words were, there. Well, well, again, like, so they were thinking about trading up to get C.J. Stroud at two because they thought the Texans were going to take Bryce Young at one. And at the combine, there was a pure consensus amongst virtually every scout and analyst that I came across that Bryce Young was number one overall in this draft. I mean, that was the general thought about it. Um, He didn't, as you know, throw at the combine, and that's what number one overall picks do because there's because they can. And trust me, we were talking about that quite a bit at NFL Network because we want everybody throwing. Certainly if there's somebody as scrutinized and talked about as Bryce Young. But the Texans had the number two overall pick at that time because Lovey Smith spat his last breath as the Texans head coach by winning a game in week 18 against the Colts, which was, let me get that date, January 8th. Mm. So on January 8th, we knew the Bears were picking first and the Texans were picking second and Frank Reich was hired on January 26th. So who is having the conversations about let's go get C.J. Stroud at two? Because... The Bears weren't picking two as of the last day of the season. So were you having conversations about let's go get C.J. Stroud at two in between weeks 17 and 18 before Frank Reich joined and you had a whole new staff? That makes no sense at all. The process dates don't compute. I don't get that. I don't get that either. So if Frank Reich was involved in having conversations about, let's go get C.J. Stroud at two because you think the Texans are taking Bryce Young at one, the Texans weren't at one after the season ended and well before you hired Frank Reich. What in the heck are we talking about? Am I wrong? Did he just misspeak? I don't know. That was very weird. Because why would you think that Stroud's definitely going to?
1: Maybe he meant to say Bears. Meaning what? Meaning he thought the Bears were going to take Bryce Young first.
2: Okay, and, and so they, then you go to the Texans and say... Right. So that's the way that that squares is that he missed That's misspoke. the way that kind of makes sense. He just missed. He meant to say Bears. He meant to say Bears instead why of Texans. Why would he think the Bears were taking...
1: Maybe he had heard they weren't young. happy with fields and they were going to move so on. And so they, they were going to co- call their, their, their friends in Houston to say, we'll trade with we'll you. We'll move up to two. So he just kind of conflated those in exo facto. Please. I don't know.
2: So, but the bottom line is there were some people who thought C.J. Stroud was the right guy. I and think, he could I have think, vetoed I it and he could have. Bigger,
1: <laughs> that's the bigger takeaway. I away. mean,
2: all of this makes very little sense. Is it fixable? A million percent. It's fixable. you got to hit on whatever draft picks you have left. You've got to find the right coach mm-hmm. who can connect in a way that clearly Reich wasn't because you got to make this kid work. Boy, do you have to. Unbelievably, unbelievably. The Panthers lone win of the season came against CJ Stroud. Can't make it up. (laughs) Can't make it up. Is that worse,
1: better, whatever word you want to choose, than the Eagles losing loss being Zach Zach Wilson? Wilson? Yeah. Uh, it's on par. Yeah.
2: But, you know, this made no sense when I heard it. Like I had to listen to that sound bite over and over again and over again. Because at the time of Reich's hiring and before the combine, you know, it was possible we had Justin Fields at the Super Bowl and talked with him about, hey, are you concerned about being traded away by Chicago? Because they might take Bryce Young. Right. So that makes sense. But that means they'd have to trade up to two. And then you take trading up to two without knowing somebody could trade up and take CJ Stroud anyway. (laughs) It wasn't a given. That's like 2020 hindsight. Trust me on that. As the Jets are still dealing with Zach Wilson being second overall, and the Niners had no, you know, pretty much an idea that it was Trevor Lawrence and Zach. Wow. Eight four four two zero four inch number to dial. Let's take a break. Mike Florio, maybe he'll make heads or tails of that. Because again. He he had to have misspoken to say he that we were going th- that we to thought him, the yeah. Bears were taking number one overall. Had to have.
1: Yeah.
2: Because the rest it, of it made yeah, no if sense. He's
1: thinking we want to try Texans, man. that's why he said it. No I, sense. I want to give him that benefit. Nor
2: does paying seventy million dollars in dead money to two coaches. Well that's not smart. 844 204 Rich, number to <laughs> Doll. <dial>. Florio, <laughs> connoisseur, author, information man, coming up. Is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, in store and now save 40% on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, back here on the program, Mike Florio about to join us. 844 204 rich is the number to dial here on the show. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I think that covers it. You know, C.J. Stroud, we were interested in him, too. It's a nice little, like, play the result, so I don't, I don't know. so bad. I don't know. They could have been interested in him. Like, they literally could have been a full-on conversation. They had to have. Dude, you, I'm Rich, telling
1: you. Rich, you know what's crazy? I had an idea for a search engine, you know, and I just, like, couldn't get it off the ground. No, 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 no. Google I know what you're saying. In. No, no, no.
2: Dude. Come on. Jim cold. Mora Sr., has told me multiple times, he said it on this show, he said it on NFL Network, they were grinding tape on Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning to the very end. These decisions are grinded and grinded and grinded down. You know? And so there's no doubt in my mind you know, and you heard San Francisco chose, uh, landed on Lance Draft Week. You heard that they were, they made their decision way before. Way before.
1: I was going to call my computer company Pear. Nice. Like, it just nice. didn't, you know right. what I mean? I different. just was so late. Were you to, thinking about different, you know? like, what
2: would be the funniest Produce item I was. for your well, gag. I well, I, you were yes, listening to what absolutely. I was saying. You're waiting till I was done Orange. so you could yeah. you could you could do a callback. I didn't want that once do, I don't do, mean to call your I didn't want to do strawberry
1: because it's a little too long. Yeah. Blueberry too long. I went with pear. Pear.
2: Yeah. Because well, I mean, it's apples and pears are are kind of you know they right. go together hand there's, in there's hand. Similar. Yeah. They're very
1: similar. They taste the same. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so Bryce Young would be the pear. Right. And, and Cedar Stroud would be the apple. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> sitting at the Rich Eisen Show. Defs furnished by Granger. Day. No, we should stop. With okay. supplies and solutions yeah. for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Guys, I have a book. Do you have a book? I have a book. You have a book. No. T.J., do you have a book over there? I do, do you have a book. A book yeah. Look at us all having a copy of On Our Way Home by Mike Florio, That's just in time for the holidays. Oh. You should get it too. And the author of this, as well as the creator of Pro Football Talk, rejoins us here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Mike?
3: I'm doing great, and I also have mine. If you recall, hey, last time hey, I was hey. get up and get it because I was, I was not wearing pants. So, <laughs> and I've got to say this: I got to give you credit. Yes, sir. Credit where it's due. Yeah. I offered to send you a handful of copies, but you insisted, insisted mm-hmm. on making the purchase to support the local animal shelter here that we're giving every penny that I get to. So I appreciate you for doing that. No,
2: Mike, I appreciate you for 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 doing that as well. And also, again, I, I'm not the guy. You know, I, after having written a book back in the day in 2007, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I truly. Um, and always impressed whenever anybody actually takes the time to write something, let alone also having other things in their lives, it ain't easy. So supporting that venture is also very
3: important. So, oh, I appreciate it very much. It's fun. It. it gives me balance. It balances out my life. I make some time. It's a little harder I'm learning yes. during football season when I travel every single weekend, but still, it's a it's nice balance to what I do every day. And,
2: and do you do Lego for that as well? Because I think I saw in your background over your right shoulder – what do we have? What what is that Lego that you have uh, the, behind that's you there, the, Mike? It's
3: the Ghostbusters firehouse, oh, and I wow. think the Saturn yeah. Five rocket is back there. That was nice. part of the pandemic. Yeah. Let's find a way <laughs> yep. to not lose our freaking minds, yep. project.
2: Oh, dude! And we- Lego
3: is very good for that. Lego is very good for Serenity. Now, Frank Costanza, what was Serenity now? I think Lego would have worked better for Lloyd Braun.
2: Mike Florio, with three children um, younger than yours, uh, in my house um, during the pandemic, we we now currently have in our house the Roman Coliseum, the Eiffel Tower, um, I believe the Sydney Opera House. You have
1: a lot of (laughs) Lego. Wait a minute,
2: about four cars. I mean, um, a roller coaster, an entire amusement park, a merry-go-round. That's that's what we did. That's what we did. So, I'm with you. Well, and him.
3: you haven't lived until you step on one of those blocks <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nope. All
2: right, let's jump into the news of the day. What did you make of David Tepper's press conference? I was confused when he said that the they were thinking of trading up to 2 because they thought the Texans were going to go 1 um for for Young and they thought they were thinking of going to get Stroud. Suss that one out for me. I got confused by by that, Mike.
3: I was at first 2 and then I got to thinking and remembering some of the reporting that happened at the time. And our friend Jay Glazer had reported at the time that initially the Bears were talking about a flip-flop with the Texans so the Texans could get number one and then Panthers-Bears two and nine. So it would have been end result Texans-Panthers one, two. That may be what Tepper was referring to in a roundabout way without providing the background and potentially confusing people who are like, wait a minute, how do the Texans end up drafting before you? That's how one, two flip-flop and then two, nine trade.
2: I appreciate that. Um, so uh, what did you make of, of him saying, you know, Hey, it's been reported. Let's talk about it. Yeah. We were th- thinking about CJ Stroud, but we love Bryce young. What'd you make of that?
3: Mike? Well, there are two important facts that I am going to try to confirm or debunk. And the problem is people aren't going to be willing To say anything on the record, the folks who have been fired have buyouts that hinge on keeping your mouth shut about anything regarding the team or you jeopardize the ongoing payments. But Tepper said two things. One, it was unanimous among the coaches and the scouts that Young was the guy. And two, he didn't chime in. The owner didn't chime in until the very end of the process, until everybody else had weighed in on what they wanted to do. That, to me, is critical if it's true. And I tend to think it isn't. You know, one of the metaphors I'll use, or simile as the case may be, for somebody who's really rich and very powerful, and it's it's a twist on the old Steinbrenner-Calzone thing. Like, (laughs) if you walk in the front door of the building and the receptionist has a bowl of Kit Kats, And the owner has never seen a Kit Kat before and pops one open and eats it and says, that's the best candy I've ever had in my life. That's all he has to say. Everywhere you look from that day forward, every drawer you open, every cabinet that you pull in your direction, Kit Kats are going to be falling out everywhere. That's the power and influence implicit in being a multi-billionaire. You never have to say, go buy Kit Kats. All you have to say in the presence of someone who works for you, I really like that Kit Kat. So that's what I want to know. Did Bryce Young get any sort of direct, indirect, subtle, explicit, whatever comment from David Tepper that caused people to think, well, we know where the boss is going to be at the end of the day. So let's just get there on our own.
2: So the question I have is because, you know, Tepper's like, I, I'd i love to have a coach here for 20, 30 years, you know, even saying speaking at my eulogy um, and, and, and that, that does compute certainly if he is at all drawing from his previous ownership experience coming from the Pittsburgh Steelers who will have uh, one fewer coach since 1969 than Tepper's had as Carolina owner when he hires his next coach. So I I guess my question for you is is this an outlier along with Mark Davis now that we've had two guys bounced in the middle of the season Frank Reich is now the first coach in the Super Bowl era to get bounced in back-to-back seasons by two different teams um are we seeing a new impetuousness of NFL owners right now Mike what do you think
3: Well I I I, I think we are, and I think we aren't, because this isn't a new trend. And Jim Ursay was willing to fire Frank Reich last year during the season, I think because Ursay was hell-bent on giving Jeff Saturday a test drive, and we saw how that went after the first game that was a win over the Raiders. Every game after that was a loss. But you've got so much money. Number one, there's no salary cap for coaches – so the coaching pay over the last 50 years hasn't risen at the same rate player pay has. You can easily justify in your budget buying out a coach if you want to move on. And I think there's so much pressure and reaction and social media. There's less patience across the board in the NFL. There's less patience with the players. There's less patience with the coaches. And when somebody comes in right away, look at what Tomiko Ryans did this year and what he's doing in Houston. That gets guys fired. Because owners think, all I have to do is make the right hire. If I make the right hire, the right guy at the right time, we're set. And if we get the right quarterback at the right time, we're set. And everybody wants to have that dynasty. Everyone's, everyone wants to stand out among the other billionaires as the the next Robert Kraft figure, the one who can say, look at all these rings we've amassed. So I do think there's there's less patience than there was, because there's plenty of money to finance this ricocheting from coach to coach to coach. So
2: where where do you place the over underline of number of vacancies we're going to have about what would you say five weeks from now
3: mike well i was running through it yesterday belichick it's almost a given that he's not going to be back that would be the biggest shocker at this point is if he just comes back and it's like nothing ever happened brandon staley seems to be in grave danger is there another kind ron rivera seems to be coaching out the string in Washington before major changes are made by new ownership there. And then there are others that kind of fall into the who knows what's going to happen. Let's see how it plays out. How they do down the stretch could be a factor. Matt Eberflus in Chicago, last night's win surely helps. Dennis Allen in New Orleans. There's some unrest among the fans as to what's going to happen going forward. But, you know, we see every year it's somewhere between four and eight and a lot of it just depends upon how the season ends. And that's why the two extra playoff spots have been very helpful because for a lot of coaches, the mandate is get to the playoffs or else. Well, okay, we've got 14 spots now instead of 12. That's two coaches every year potentially who otherwise would have been out who gets saved.
2: What about um, Buffalo? You didn't mention Buffalo. Oh. You didn't mention even the Jets. You know, uh, I, I think it would be unfair, quite frankly, uh, if Salah eats it because – you know, the Achilles popped and m- even if he was part of the process that says, don't bring in another quarterback in here, we got the room right. Um, the offensive line, he didn't, he didn't go and knock Vera Tuck out for the year. Again, that's just me caping for him right now. But what do you, what do you think about others? Cause right now the two vacancies you have now, you mentioned uh, two others that we'll see down the stretch guys and three that you think's out that that's seven right there. Mike. Well,
3: and, and I inadvertently omitted Sean McDermott because I believe that the Bills don't make the playoffs. There will be major changes in Buffalo, either GM or head coach huh. or both to get somebody who has an offensive background to get the most out of Josh Allen and the talent around him. But they have a limited window of years that Josh Allen is going to be the quarterback of the Bills. They've got to get what they can while they can out of Josh Allen. As to Sala, I'm with you. They sold their souls for Aaron Rodgers and the devil collected before they could even get a single drive out of it. This is all about next year. And I think the sooner that Woody Johnson comes out and says it, and I think before that, Aaron Rodgers needs to come out and say, I'm definitely coming back next year. And I think, you know, Rodgers maybe dangles that to get what he wants. Like, hey, I want to come back and play a few games this year, even though it makes no sense. I just want to do it. Oh, and by the way, I haven't announced with 100% certainty that I'm coming back next year. I think Rodgers needs to use his weekly platform, which is going to happen at some point this afternoon, and (laughs) say at some point, I am definitely coming back next year. And then after he does it, that's when Woody Johnson needs to say, we're bringing everybody back. We're we're, going to do next year what we were going to do this year if Aaron Rodgers had been healthy. So I think everybody should get a pass because how do you get the most out of Aaron Rodgers if you bring in a new head coach and there's no buddy of Aaron Rodgers out there that is just lurking to come be the head coach of the jets. He loves the fact that Saul is a defensive head coach and that the defense is good and he can work with his buddy, Nathaniel Hackett, to take care of the offense. So I don't think he change anything in New York. As long as Rodgers is coming back.
2: What do you think of um, the um, I'll I'll do it. Cause again, they're, they're, they're down right now in Columbus, Ohio. I'll throw them a little bouquet here. Um, Vrabel's not going to lose his gig in Tennessee, is he? I mean, they'd be nuts to do that. But like every Ohio State fan, that's that's their dream right now, is that Vrabel becomes free and they somehow make that move and swing that axe collegiately. I
3: think the real question, Rich, with the Titans isn't whether the Titans should be thinking about moving on from Vrabel. It's whether Vrabel should be thinking about moving on from the Titans. And I go back to 2022 draft when he does the neck thing when they traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles. And I know he won the power struggle with John Robinson, but there are still maybe some organizational things he's not thrilled about. Earlier this year, before the trade deadline, when there was talk about maybe moving a Derrick Henry or DeAndre Hopkins, Vrabel didn't want to have anything to do with a a rebuild or a reset. I just wonder whether he decides on Hmm. his own I'd like to go somewhere else. And somebody told me on July 4th, somebody I know, somebody I trust, somebody who's been around the NFL for a long time, said, I have no information to back this up, but keep an eye on the possibility of the Patriots trying to get Mike Vrabel to be the successor to Bill Belichick. Now, everybody thinks Gerard Mayo is already signed, sealed, and delivered, but they put Vrabel in their Hall of Fame this year. So if there's going to be any sentimental pull for him, whether it's halfway between Columbus and halfway between Foxborough, I I think that a great potential offseason story is – the Patriots trade as a practical matter Bill Belichick, and whatever they get for Belichick, they use to go get Mike Vrabel to come back to New England and be the successor to Belichick there. That is all speculation. That is all just throwing darts. Yep. But but I just I, I think the question of whether the Titans are fed up with Vrabel is the wrong question. It's whether the Vrabel is fed fed up with the Titans.
2: Well, Belichick said on his local radio appearance on Monday that it was, quote-unquote, ridiculous that he already knows where his next destination is. What do you think?
3: Well, I, I think if he'd already know right now, yeah, it probably is premature. But even if he already knows, he's not going to say it out loud. <laughs> uh, right? You're not going to come out and say, you know what, we've worked a secret deal already. Where the Patriots are going to trade me to the Chargers, and here's what the Chargers are going to pay me. I think when you guys reported on the Game Day show a couple of weeks ago, the context of the new Belichick contract, 2023-2024, and Ian Rappaport mentioned the Patriots aren't inclined to fire him during the season because they'd like to get value for him after the season. That was the message to everybody out there that's going to be looking for a coach. you got to deal with us. If you want Bill Belichick, you don't just make your wish list and activate it the day after the season ends. We're not going to fire this guy on Black Monday or on Black Sunday as it's become in recent years. Yes, you have to deal with us. So all that happens behind the scenes. The dominoes get lined up now and then at the right time, the first one gets flicked. And the last thing Belichick would ever admit to is that the wheels are already in motion. This is exactly what the Dolphins were trying to do with Sean Payton and Tom Brady a couple of years ago. Line it up ahead of time and then activate it at the right time. It's not the right time to activate.
2: So then one last guess that I'll ask from you. Um, Normally when teams fire coaches early or during the season, it's because they want to get a head start or uh, there's somebody out there that they want to uh, contact or under the radar, all of that stuff. Who, Who might that be? Could it be my guy in college too, Mike, with all that speculation? What do you think?
3: Well, another glazer nugget from not that long ago, the idea that the teams in the NFL have looked into the Connor Stallion situation and they're not uncomfortable with the notion of bringing Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL, if that's how it plays out. But, but there was still that report again, the NFL network, the idea that the league is considering some sort of suspension yes, that would be that's crazy
2: talk. Don't the, you think? Right. That's but crazy. Talk. I, I know.
3: But, hey, Rich, they do what they want. Yeah. They do what they want. And I can say this. You can't. I can say this. Right. Here's what they do. They okay. figure out what they want to be, and they work backward to justify it. So we want to pander to the organization that's in charge of our free farm system. We don't want to <laughs> piss them off any more than we already do by luring their players here. So we're going to respect the Jim Harbaugh suspension. Let's yes. find a way to do it. They did it to Jim Trestle. They did it to Terrell Pryor. They came up with a rule that somehow was violated, and they suspended these guys as a as an olive branch to the NCAA. So I thought that wasn't a mistake that it came out when it did, because it's a warning to anyone who's thinking about hiring Jim Harbaugh. Hey, if he gets suspended X number of games by the NCAA, you're not going to have him. I think it would be wrong. It would be a violation of whatever rules are on the books. But at the end of the day, they do what they want to do, and they make it up as they go. Again, I can say that. I say it all the time. They haven't gotten me fired yet, so I'll keep saying it. They make it up as they go. They do what they want, just like Cartman. I do what I want. Nice. And they, and they don't care about the consequences.
2: So do you have a name? Anybody else then? Outside of Harbaugh? Anybody that you're hearing that uh, is the hot candidate that everyone's going to be all over? What do you got from, from college? You? Or just anywhere? What do you think? Because this and, you is know, all coming. You gave me seven. It, it could be ten openings. You know what well, I
3: mean? And, and look, there's the usual suspects every year, the... The, the hot coordinators from the teams that have done really well, Ben Johnson last year removed his name from consideration. I'm always su- suspicious when someone does that. They often do it because they find out they're not going to get the job anyway. But Ben Johnson is the name that's been kicked around all year. Creative offense. You know, people are already saying Carolina. again. Yeah, I think anybody who's got options is going to opt to go somewhere other than to work for David Tepper. And there's going to be plenty of coaches who don't want to work with a five foot, 10 inch quarterback. I'd say up to two-thirds of the league would say, no, we want a guy who's north of six foot. We don't want to work with a quarterback who's that short. So it's going to be hard for the Panthers, I think, to find a guy who's got choices. Ben Johnson may be the guy who has choices. And the job that's going to be the most attractive, if you're talking about choices, is the job that has the best quarterback built in. And by all appearances, that's the Chargers if Brandon Staley ends up being out in L.A.
2: Mike, thanks again. On Our Way Home, you can get it where all books are uh, are sold, Amazon for sure. Um,
3: Go to Amazon, exclusively at Amazon. $3.99 ah, for me. the ebook, nine ninety nine 9 $9.99 for the print edition. Everything I get goes to the Humane Society of Harrison County. And thanks again, Rich, for supporting the cause. Attaboy,
2: well done, Mike. Uh, so it's exclusive to Amazon. Go to Amazon.com and, uh, and put in On Our Way Home. It's for a great cause. It's a fun uh, stocking stuffer, if you will. Mike, thanks you again, can, brother. Yeah,
3: you can curl it up and it'll fit. I hadn't thought of that.
2: There you it go. Curls up and you just see. Takes the Jewish guy to think right about in. that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
3: What What is 9.99? <laughs> you can get a bunch of gifts for people for 9.99. So 999's simple. 999's
2: Take care of yourself, Mike. You be well.
3: Thanks. That's be Mike about.
2: Florio. Everybody, right here in the Rich Eisen Show. When we come back, a door has opened for not one but two teams in the NFC to make a run. What do I mean by that? Yeah, what do you mean by that? Ah, that's next. This is the Rich Eisen show. It was rhetorical, but I appreciate the chime.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook Games.
2: This is a letter okay. written in March of 1998 to Colts owner Jim Ursay, who at the time, a month away in the draft, the decision between you and Fate Man. Right. Correct? It's from Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> oh! Dear G- James. Dear James. Dear James, in response to your addled request for a quick $30 million loan, To secure the services of the Manning kid I have to say no at this time but the leaf boy is another matter he looks strong and Manning doesn't or at least not strong enough to handle that welcome to the NFL business for two years without a world-class offensive line how are you fixed at left OT for the next few years James think about it you don't want a China doll back there when that freak sap comes crashing in. Wow. <laughs> okay. Let me know if you need some money for leaf. I expect to be very rich when this Depp movie comes out. Your faithful consultant, Hunter, and it's signed HST. The absurdity of the fact that a Hunter S. Thompson knew who I was, and b
0: that he was he was trying to persuade Mr. Ursay to draft me instead was just comical. And tw- not to see it for 20 years, how does it, It just it's just nowhere to be
2: found. Nowhere to be found. Right. I called John Walsh of ESPN. It's a thousand percent real. Wow. And Hunter S. Thompson was a huge NFL fan and obviously had an opinion on, on the 1998 draft. This well, I is. think now that we know that ever, a lot
0: of people had an opinion on the
2: 1998 <laughs> NFL draft. This and is amazing. Isn't that amazing? I love I- that line, is that you don't want a China doll back there when that freak sap comes crashing in. <laughs>
0: The irony of all this, this, right, the irony of this, he would go on and play, start the most consecutive games of anybody, (laughs) and I would be injured going into year two and miss the entire season. So we're just just (laughs) reminding people.
1: Strong, underlined. Strong. Strong.
2: Congratulations to Ryan Leaf and his wife Anna on the birth of their daughter. Yeah. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. 33 million people watched the opener of Thanksgiving Thursday's triple header. (laughs) 33 million individuals. Unbelievable. A lot of turkey legs. And what they saw, well, somebody didn't get a turkey leg. I know. I'd love to know the TikTok of that decision, that somebody in the Fox
1: world, or I don't know who it
2: was. Was it the Packer? who wasn't available to give Jordan Love a turkey leg. But (laughs) – Jordan Love and Rashawn Gary, if John Madden was alive, I was going to tweet that out. That, that, that's who would have gotten the turkey legs there. Oh, yeah. Rashawn Gary with three sacks. Yep. And Jordan Love. Hey, folks, remember late October, Packers are 2-4. and four, They lose to Denver. And I'm like, hey, folks, <laughs> patience. R-E-L-A-X. I actually said that into this microphone. Anybody out there is like Jordan Love stinks, we can already, you can already evaluate it. Six games in, he stinks. And I'm basically like, you know, welcome to the rest of us. You're going to have guys going up. You're going to go down. You know, can he be a Hall of Famer just like his two predecessors? Sure, why not? But right now at 2-4, and four, somebody coming straight out of the box after sitting there for three years, it's going to be uh, a roller coaster. Well, look at him now from 2 and 4 to 5 and 6 and guess who helped open the door for green bay last night a little wider the team that they own <laughs> the chicago bears did him a big huge big favor last night and over i guess the last 2 weeks the bears or last two games the bears had a significant role in what's going on in the in the NFC north where They couldn't close the deal against Detroit, but closed the deal against Minnesota. And um, that now gives the Lions a two-game lead in that division, eight and three over the now six and six Vikings. Man, that one is going to leave a mark for Minnesota. And, you know, the Packers are now three back in the north, but I think the division is gone for Green Bay. But you take a look. At the wild card race. And if they are getting after the quarterback. Like they have been. And the quarterback is playing really well. Lights out. Young receivers that last year were just too green. For Green Bay. And their quarterback. They are connected. In the pass game right now. And look at who's 8th. And the Seahawks are potentially two games away from being 6-6 and themselves. They're in Dallas with the way Dallas is playing, especially in that building. Yeah, Dallas at home is unbeatable. Green Bay, unfortunately for Green Bay, have the Chiefs coming up. But who the hell knows? Yeah, Rich, we talked about that on the Overreaction Monday
1: pod yesterday. The schedule is very favorable after week 13. For Green Bay, Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears,
2: all winnable. No doubt. No doubt. So even if they're five and seven, they can go on a nice run, finish nine and eight, which could be a wild card record in the NFC right now for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Ten and seven if they seven make if they a huge out. run. Would LaFleur get coach of the year then? No. Okay. It would be impressive. It would be impressive. And it's possible. This is not out of the realm right now. So what they got to do, you know, is finish up strong or even shock the world on Sunday night. First things first is you tell Mahomes, love you, guy. You're awesome. But your family is sitting in last the row. upper peninsula of Wisconsin. Because <laughs> that's what you did to our guy and his family. <laughs> When he played in Arrowhead. put him
1: in the building? Ass, yeah, so we're out yeah, of tickets. Out of, Sorry. You know, put yeah, him in yeah, the last yeah,
2: yeah. row. Dependents of Mahomes can afford to pay no, for better tickets. No, oh, yeah, no, secondary market. Maybe so. True. There's, you know. a, there's an half, out. Half a billion. We'll figure that. it out. You know? you do, true. So <laughs> there's that. And then another team. Door open for the Los Angeles Rams, too. Because they have the tie break over Seattle. I think
1: you're right about that, man.
2: They've swept Seattle, and the first order of business when you are breaking ties is division first. And the Rams have a chance here. Their issue is they've got to go to Baltimore in one of these games. That's kind of like the the Chiefs game potentially for Green Bay. They've got Cleveland coming in. Is it possible Donald is going to be chasing down Joe Flacco in this game? And then Ooh, Washington man, man. and New Orleans here in 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 Los Angeles, that last game at San Francisco, maybe San Francisco seven people. Exactly. I don't know exactly resting. The Rams they now had five of six. A door open. Yeah, hundred percent. Because the way let's just looked, Kieran Williams looked. Oh if my they goodness. beat Cleveland this week and the Seahawks lose in Dallas, and the Vikings That's are sitting uh, at, on their bye at six and six. The Rams could truly enter week 14 in a playoff spot. That can happen. So the NFC seven seed is like a sudden turnstile possibly. And last week, the Vikings and Seahawks had two game leads on these teams. Not anymore. Things are tightening up as we hit December. Yeah. And we're hitting our second hour right here on the Rich Eisen show. Don't go anywhere. Omar Dorsey of the new show Bookie is in studio. Hour two. Sebastian Maniscalco currently on Good Morning Football saw, as well. I saw the clips. We're getting of him that, in though. here too. Nick Bakay, the showrunner. Fantastic. Of Bookie, Longtime to the show. friend.
1: We're all in now, Rich. When you say Bookie, I don't understand what that means. Well, what it means, does that mean? We
2: don't. We don't get when that. When you right? say Bookie, it's what right, I call somebody has books. A book. Oh, okay. Got yeah, it. for my children. Got it. You're your bookie. Read books I'm, do- a lot. I'm doing know. what you do. to me. I know. Oh. I'm the unfrozen caveman yeah, yeah. NFL <laughs> host. What do you mean by that? Over <laughs> and the under. I don't understand it. But now i You know, we're talking about three team parlays on good game day morning. So, yeah, we are. Back. Good times are rolling for for most.
1: By the way, your boy took a bath last night. Who's my boy? me ah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What what bath did you oh, take? The first time, my you boy. I you did. didn't take the over, did I you? Did. Oh,
1: I, I why well, I, I put the over down to thirty six. I was like, come on, what are we doing here?
2: How'd that look for you? At, uh, three three at the half. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't, <laughs> dude.
1: I needed ten more Hawkinson yards. Can I say that that game for a big one? Can I just tell you something? That game was
2: not good
0: yesterday.
1: Not good? No. I've watched the Patriots eleven times this year. That was the worst game I've ever a. seen. I mean, it was so what? bad. Gents, I,
2: every time I looked up, there was a turnover. Kevin like, Clark had the best tweet of the night. What did he say? We will be no, missing this it. game in May, and he ain't wrong. No, I, I no, will never miss absolutely this
1: Absolutely not. not. No. I'm, I, you know what? Excuse That's me. going on the poll. Your yeah. sweat. That's yeah. going on the poll. Your sweat yeah. over Hawkinson will yards. You know. You'll be missing uh, that in May. No way. USFL will be as we're Ronald sitting, kid.
2: as we're sitting on the, one of the many off days of the NBA playoffs.